We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the first day of June, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it's good to see you. How are you? And how was your long break? We had a long break because of the holiday. People are probably wondering, oh my God, did they quit? No, we didn't quit. We were just taking our days off. And it was a much needed time off, I think. Uh, we we did need a, a short little staycation, didn't we? Yeah, I'm healthy and alive. Uh, it's good to be back. Holiday was good. Had a few hiccups. We lost power there for a good nine hours or so uh, over two nights. That was... Um, frustrating because the 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 time frame that it happened that's usually when i'm working on other projects and um i was unable to work on anything um during those times so i i lost nine I'm hours supposed to say that bruce you're supposed to say i was working on my gardening i was working on reading a book i was working on uh making candles <laughs> building fires i mean <laughs> that's what it should have been yeah I mean, we already have all that stuff, so it's like you know, we were we were good to go fair when point. it went out. Yeah, fair, fair and, point. And and to be fair, most of the 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 house actually, I'm a night owl, and most of the house was just like, well, I guess I'll go to bed a little early then. <laughs> so they just fair. went to sleep. That's yeah. fair. And then you're sitting there all night, like, the hell am I supposed to do now? Yeah, so, yeah. It's usually yeah. when you're working on your projects. Uh, but anyway, over the weekend, as time went on, uh, we've been seeing. Uh, how do I put it? Opportunists, more opportunists coming out of the woodwork on taking people's right to keep and bear arms away. One of which was President Joe Biden again on Memorial Day. Listen to this. And they showed me a, 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 a x-ray. He said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung and we can probably get it out. We may be able to get it and save the life. A nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high-caliber weapons is of, there is simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just remember the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. I do apologize for the uh, the, the ridiculous uh, jet engine of uh, Marine One behind him. But the Second Amendment, again, that's not an absolute, as he says. It says clearly in the Constitution that's not absolute. Shall not be infringed is pretty absolute. So we can just disregard that. Bruce, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't realize that a nine millimeter was classified the same as a high caliber bullet. And it has the potential to blow out a human lung. I didn't know that. That's news to me. Yeah. Yeah. Being raised in the gun culture, you know, that was... Um, that, that, that was, uh, quite the revelation that, uh, a nine millimeter, you know, uh, so <laughs> it's right on par with a 22 caliber, um, uh, round. You heard him. It was yeah, right on par with yeah, the 22 right on par with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would, I would disagree with that as well, but interesting story. Uh, I had a, a, a buddy of mine, he was in Afghanistan and he had been shot five times. In fact, 
in the torso. One side, he got shot in the side, uh, so there was no body armor. By a uh, AK, a 7.62 for those, oh. or 30 caliber for that's, the Americans. Um, went straight through, punctured his, yeah, punctured his lung three different times. He survived. He's fine. Um, I mean, it, it took him a while to recover, obviously, um, and a lot of pain and surgeries and whatnot, but uh, he survived. Um, it did not blow out his lung uh, from uh, those rounds. As, as Joe Biden says there, a nine millimeter would do. I, I can only imagine what Dirty Harry, what was that, 44? It was a 44 Magnum. 44, yeah. I can only imagine what that would have done because you're closing in. 44 Magnum is closing in on, on what is that, like 10? Is that a 10 millimeter, 11 millimeter? Somewhere in that range? Yes, 10 mil. I think it's 10 mil, yeah. It, it'll literally like oh, yeah. blow a hole in you. Like <laughs> that, yeah. that will blow a hole in you. Yeah. So it, the, the fact that he's saying that it'll do that, no. Law enforcement use nine millimeter. Uh, most home, I, I think it's something like 52% of, of uh, self-defense firearms are handgun and that's why they're targeting between it. Nine millimeter that, that's and, why they're yeah. targeting it is because it's the most popular round yeah. for uh, concealed carry people across the country. That's why. <laughs> and I, I would like to point out that um, the uh, Constitution, the, the Second Amendment, that I, I, I don't classify the Second Amendment as that is your right. I classify that as a human right. You have a human right, not not a right. Um, OK, so the Declaration says there are certain inalienable rights, right? In other words, these are given by God and the government cannot infringe upon them. And that's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Life is one of those. Unfortunately, because of the corrupt world that we live in, the, the, the corrupt state that it's in, you have to defend your life. Unfortunately, that's a necessity. Whether it be from other humans or nature, it doesn't matter. Both, both are a problem. Uh, as such, the Second Amendment is fulfilling that right. So I, I, I don't think of it as just a, it's a right as a citizen. I, I think that's a human right. You, you should have the right to defend yourselves uh, as a human. If you have an assailant coming at you with a weapon, you should be able to meet them with uh, equal or uh, more aggressive force. That's, that's just the way it is. And the fact that the government is going to try to take away your guns, are they going to do like a mandatory buyback uh, out of curiosity like they did well, in, in the UK and Australia? I have a little bit of a problem with and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with a possible tactic that you're pointing out there that they would use. But I have to disagree with the term buy back because you can't buy back something you didn't own in the first place. So I, yeah. I got to I got to call that yeah. program out for BS, I, I agree. For BS for what yeah. it is. But I, I, I also want to point out that it's a if it's a mandatory buyback. So that means if you don't buy back then people with guns are going to come in and forcibly take your guns, right? It, that, that, that's what it means. The vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, standing outside of, I believe this is Air Force One or Air Force, what, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care what this, this, this ridiculous clown has to say, but because we have to point things out, we have to play it. On the issue of gun violence, I will say, as I've said countless times, we are not sitting around waiting to figure out what the solution looks like. You know, we're not looking for a vaccine. We know what works on this. I'll do you. It includes, let's have an assault weapons ban. You know what an assault weapon is? You know how an assault weapon was designed? It was designed for a specific purpose. To kill yeah. <laughs> a lot of human beings quickly. Yeah. An assault weapon is a weapon of war. With Everything's no, place, of war. no place in a civil society. Mm. No place in I, a civil I, society. 
this was this was the perfect angle and everything for this this video because yeah. right behind her standing in a in a nice suit is a guy with body armor and a firearm yeah. protecting her. Uh-huh. And they're telling you you have no right to protect yourself. I find it fascinating that all of these these world leaders, I'm just I'm doing the air quotes here, world leaders and and people that are sitting down there in Davos, uh, like Klaus Schwab and these people, they all are behind armed guards and private para, uh, private paramilitary contractors, all of them, every single one of them telling you that you can't defend yourself. No, 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 no. What this is, is this is nothing less than disarming you so you can't mount a resistance and come after them. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. It's turning you into a domesticated, I don't even know what, just a, a useless thing to be thrown aside like garbage, which is what they think of us anyway. Drone. Slave. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And you even have the likes of Noah Harari saying, oh, what are we going to do with this useless class of people? What are we going to do with them? Uh-huh. We're going to shoot them up with drugs and let them play video games. Yeah, that's that's going to be the best thing to, to do with them. Sure. But the reason you're hearing all this exploitation is because... Of what? A very well-timed school shooting in uh, uh, Uvalde, Texas, or whatever. The, I think that was the name of the town, Uvalde, Texas. Yes. And in that town, it was interesting what happened over the weekend. We saw a lot of video over that over the weekend. I saw some more video of it. And what I saw was actually something you pointed out in prep, Bruce, was police outside the school standing there in full kit doing nothing. They knew that the piece of garbage was in there shooting people. They knew he was. They had reports that he was. The 911 call said that he was. And they did nothing. They just sat there. They did nothing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're a police officer, and believe me, I've been out there on the streets with them. If you're a police officer, that's what you sign up for. Your job is to protect innocent life. You obviously want to make the best of your situations. You want to go home to your family every night. I get it. I get it. That adrenaline rush, I've had that adrenaline rush out there, and I know what it is. And I know that it's it's very difficult to try and, and maintain your focus around that. But that's what that training is all about. That's what that experience in those situations is all about. And when you see innocent life being threatened, you put everything aside and you step in between that. That's what your job is to do, is to protect innocent life. Even if that costs you your own as a law enforcement officer. That's an unfortunate outcome. No one wants to see that. But that is what you sign up for. You hear about taking one in the line of duty while defending innocent life? Happens every day across the West. Shame that it happens. But it does. But instead, this time, let's just do nothing. I'm sorry, every single one of those officers should be fired that stood there and did nothing. Uh, what happened to the, you, you know, in the movies, they always have that one hot-headed cop, the one that's gun-ho that always wants to rush in. And uh -huh. how was there not one cop that was there like- There was, there was. Well, yeah, that's true, there was. He's technically not even a cop. He wasn't he, a cop. He's technically, yeah. He, he's he's there to protect our border. And well, those, they are up. cops. They are cops, but uh, different kind of cop. They're not a city sense. cop. Yeah, not not a city cop. Yeah. Not a sheriff or, or yeah. anything like that. But a, a border patrolman. Yeah, they are law. They are sworn law enforcement officers. Yeah, of a, of a different variety. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, but the, the the fact that he went in and no kit after he, was he drove using a borrowed, after he yeah, drove forty uh, miles. He, he was there getting a haircut, by the way. And that's when his wife texted him, and uh, as a good husband, okay. This is something that I the, like the reaction that I expect out of every husband is when your wife is in a situation like this and she texts you help. Um, uh, you whatever you're doing, I'm you're dropping wrong. it. 
I'm gone. You're grabbing the nearest gun that you can get, and you're over there. I, like, I don't care if yeah. I'm in the barber seat and half my head is like shaved off and I'm waiting on the other half. I'm gone. Yep. Uh, so he did the, the correct reaction. He borrowed the, the barber's shotgun, went in, and he got there. And it's, he said when he got to the door, the law enforcement were still prepping. This was before SWAT showed up. And the law enforcement were just standing outside, fully kitted. And he's like, I don't even have my own kit. So he's like, it would have been stupid for me to rush in. But he's like, you know what? I had to go. And he went in, found his daughter evacuated two or three other classrooms. Um, they He did get support from the law enforcement giving him cover because he was ballsy enough to push in. And it, in fact, he went by the room that the kid was in. And other timelines I've, I've seen that it, supposedly the kid was outside shooting the firearm before he even went into the school. For almost 20 minutes. For almost 20 minutes, yeah. So where was law enforcement then? Where was law enforcement when he wrecked the truck intentionally into the ditch? Someone called uh, 911 and said, hey, there's an accident. The, the driver got out with a firearm. That, that should have been a red flag and law enforcement should have been there instantly. I mean, they, they, they should have been flying there. Reckless driver rams a vehicle close to a school, gets out a firearm out of the truck and is moving towards the school. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> It seems like enough red flags to, to get law enforcement there quickly. It just the whole situation, it, it reeks. Uh, this kid was already on the FBI's watch list. They had been watching this, back in 2019. They were watching the kid and then they just happened to remove him at the end of uh, 2019, early uh, 2020. They removed him. Uh, interesting timing when someone that is mentally unstable is entering a time that's going to escalate mental instability during uh, the pandemic and everything. So, yeah, no, no, no surprise that the kids snapped, given that what's happened over the last two years, um, even in Texas, they, they still had their lockdowns and everything. That aside, he, he was in a terrible situation anyway, uh, from the sounds of it, his home life. So the, the solution is not going after the guns, as, as we've talked already. The solution is having a better societal structure, like, you know, still having fathers in the home, having, you know, good parents. That's a good start. It's cultural decadence. That's what this is. It's a failure of the institutions that broke down because of the failure of the people. That's what it is. Take this in another analogy. Okay, let's just look at it like this. You're blaming the gun. Okay, regardless if you're a pro-gun or anti-gun, I don't care. I really don't care. Let's look at this in another context. Let's take the sick, insane piece of garbage in Waukesha who ran down all those innocent people in that Christmas Day parade last year. Let's look at that. Where was any media pundit, any politician, I don't care which one, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, where was any one of them calling for the banning of vehicles? You shouldn't own a car because, what, some piece of garbage ran down a whole bunch of people in a parade? Anybody can do that. If the mainstream media and the political class came out and said, we need to ban all cars, you would say that's insane, because it is. SUVs have no other use. Cars have no other use than to kill and murder. Exactly. All it does is pollute and create, you know, uh, destruction across the planet. That's all they do. It's it's ridiculous. I'm tired of the political football. And you know what? Because because this happened in Canada, excuse me, (laughs) because this happened, you'd think so, right? Because this happened in Texas, Canada has to do something now. 
it's almost like this is an orchestrated plan that they're exploiting a bunch of uh, Klaus Schwab puppets here. This is Justin Trudeau. Excuse me. Uh, Justin Castro. Uh, did I say? I can't. I can never figure it out. I can never get that right. Prime Minister Blackface himself. <laughs> or is it president there? I don't remember. Prime Minister, I believe. Yeah, I think it's right. Prime honorable Minister, Prime yeah. Minister. Yeah, yeah. I remember the, yeah, the yeah. Speaker of the Canadian Parliament saying that now. And then, of course, you've got Freeland, who's actually the one that's running the show up there. She's a deputy prime minister. Right. Um, this is Justin Trudeau. And look at all the masked, bobbleheaded morons behind him. These stooges behind him just nodding and agreeing with him. Listen to this. Because of what happened in Texas, you now have to deal with this in Canada because this makes sense. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. Oh, thank God. Oh, round of applause. Great job, people. Round of applause. As a further part of this new legislation, we're also fighting gun smuggling and trafficking by increasing maximum criminal penalties and providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearm crimes. And we'll require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds. These are actions that doctors, experts, and chiefs of police have been calling for for years. Uh -huh, and we're sure. acting on their advice. I also want to thank the advocates, many of <laughs> whom are here today. Oh, for God, look at all the efforts. <laughs> I know that for too many of you, Greece, grief and loss are at the root of the work that you do. I want to recognize that and on behalf of all Canadians. I want to thank you for your strength. Yes. He wants to thank you for your, your strength on behalf of all Canadians, all Canadians that actually hate his guts for what he's done over the last two years to everybody in that country. And I find it especially rich when he talks about we're going to ban the importation, the uh, the uh, the sale, the ownership and all this of all these guns when you're literally shipping in arms to another country on the other side of the planet to wage a proxy war against Russia. That is too rich. You're literally trafficking in arms, automatic weapons and munitions into another country to fight a proxy war against another country when you're taking away the rights of your own citizens at home. You are a sick individual. Canada does not have a Second Amendment, ironically enough. No, they're going to have to after this is over, though. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I would argue that every country that uh, deems themselves to be a, um, a free nation, they uh -huh. need to have a Second Amendment because, uh, as the founder said, the Second Amendment is there to ensure that one, uh, as the Second Amendment says, it's for the safety, security of the state. And two, it's for the upholding of basically your freedoms, all your freedoms you enjoy because of um, guns. That Let's just be honest. America exists today because of guns. The freedoms that you have exist because of guns. Um, so, you know, if you wish to keep them and you wish to remain a free and secure nation uh, as much as secure means today given the border is 
you know, porous. And anyway, um, that's another story. Uh, we, we have to keep the Second Amendment. And uh, I also want to point out again, this this is something that really bugs me. Biden pulls it out and says, um, the founders said, you're, you're not allowed to have cannons. Even back when the founders, you know, uh, penned the Second Amendment, you were not allowed to have cannons. And he pulls out that BS uh, statement that he makes. And we, we've talked about it before. I believe it's Madison that wrote, hell yeah, you can have a cannon, basically. That's what the Second Amendment's for. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's just in the 40 years or 50 years, however long it's been that he's been in office now, maybe he just hasn't read all the founding documents, all the letters, the Federalist, Anti-Federalist, all of that. Maybe he hasn't read all of the, the and he's unaware of our policies and, and rights and laws. I suppose let's get on to some more, uh, let's get on to some more fun stuff because uh, we've spent, spent a good part of the opener on that. Let's take a look at, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to bring this up, but why not? Let's take a look at House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Well, I'm not going to talk about her per se. I'm going to talk about her husband. He got arrested over the weekend, didn't he? He uh, he got arrested because of uh, well, he was he was he was drunk driving, and there was a crash or something that was involved. I, I know that you read into this story just a little bit, but he initially lied about it, and they ended up arresting him on drunk driving charges anyway. Yeah. So he had what was it a. Uh... Over the whatever the legal limit was, the 0.8 or whatever the hell the measurement was. I don't know. I don't drink, so I don't really care. Honestly, the the the, the argument that he was drunk driving. Um, are we surprised? This is this is this is Nancy Pelosi's husband that we're talking about. No, but why? Uh, he's like he's the husband of the Speaker of the House of Representatives. My question is, and I'm not endorsing this. My question is, why didn't he have a driver? Well, let's see. He was driving a Porsche late on Saturday when he collided with a male driving a Jeep. So he collided with the Jeep. Um, uh-huh. uh, the California Highway Patrol reported that there was no injuries in connection with the incident. All that was uh, given was a $5,000 bail, um, which he did not post, by the way. No, I'm sure he was released on his own recognizance after a little visit from congressional Probably. security. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nancy, obviously, she doesn't have any experience drinking. She's uh, no, you know, no, no. It's not like she not keeps alcohol and liquor in her office or anything. No, no, it's not like no, that. It's not no. like she she acts like she's had about, oh, I don't know, a fifth of Jack Daniels before she gets up yeah. in front of a press conference. Yeah, she does look like she's always wasted. Honestly, given this is a higher up, uh, this is one of the quote unquote elite you know this is going to get swept under the rug. However, because this is one of the quote-unquote elite, I think that the hammer should fall on them far harder oh, than yeah. it would the average citizen. Because oh, yeah. you are supposed to be an example. You're expected to have a higher standard because you're representing someone. Even though he's not an elected official, she is. And his um, way, the way he presents himself is a... Um, well, it, it shows on on the American people and to the world um, because Pelosi has some for some reason she's uh, globally going. She's trying to be a global figure. Um, she's going around talk, like you're you're the speaker of the house. You're you're essentially a nobody. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay, you're speaker of the house, but that locally that's important. Outside of the U.S., you're you're not important. So anyway. She's taken um, audiences with the Pope and yeah. uh, and other world leaders. It's it's quite it's quite quite telling, isn't it? Well, she's supposed to be Catholic anyway. 
supposedly. Well, yeah, but that uh, doesn't explain why she's having meetings behind closed doors with an unelected dictator of Italy named Mario Draghi. Yeah, that's true. So un- unfortunately, I'm, I'm appalled by this in the sense that if this were an average person that was in a, an accident, uh, I don't think your bail would be $5,000. No, Maybe it would be in California. Be Maybe in California. Possibly. But you, you know, just as well as I do, as average citizens, we'd have the book thrown at us for this. Yes. Yes. It'd be, it'd be like attempted, uh, you know, what is it? Attempted manslaughter or manslaughter. whatever the hell it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, yeah. it'd be that. And you'd have, uh, yeah. you'd have a ridiculous amount of bail and it would probably be cash only yeah. and you'd be stuck. Yeah. A yep. statement issued by Drew Hamill, which is a, uh, a spokesman for Nancy Pelosi, uh, drew attention to the fact that the speaker was an entire continent away from her husband at the time of his arrest. See, she wasn't anywhere near it. Yeah, she, she wasn't anywhere near it at all. So she was involved somehow. If, if, if you're putting emphasis, especially when you're talking about a Democrat, if they put emphasis on something that they weren't involved, particularly they were involved. See, Bruce, she was all the way over on the other side of the country. She was at Brown University in Rhode Island giving a commencement speech on Sunday. So she was nowhere near her husband. So she wasn't involved in any way, shape or form. According to the statement, the speaker will not be commenting on this private matter, which occurred while she was on the East Coast. According to Reuters, however, Paul Pelosi, again, Nancy Pelosi's husband, was arrested late Saturday night after a two-vehicle crash in which the 2021 Porsche he was driving was struck by a Jeep. Oh, it was struck by a Jeep. See, he wasn't the one that, that caused the accident there, but which is interesting because Listen to this. The Porsche was struck by a Jeep while trying to cross State Route 29 in Napa County, uh, which is the northern region of San Francisco, which is famous for being wine country. I'm sure that they actually they were he's probably visiting Gavin Newsom's winery up there, which, by the way, that's family to him. Now, it says here, according to Reuters, again, that there were no injuries reported on the other driver and the other driver was not cited for the crash. Huh? Well, if the Porsche that Pelosi was driving was struck by the Jeep, but then the Jeep, the dri- but then the driver of the Jeep was not cited for the crash. So who was at fault? Maybe the one that was arrested and thrown uh-huh. into the uh, drunk tank. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lauren Boebert tweeted out the following on May 29th. This Memorial Day weekend, remember not to drink and drive. Save a life. Call an Uber at Speaker Pelosi. Um, Nancy Pelosi, um, the, the president... Uh, I would argue probably anyone, I, I guess maybe except Trump, because Trump kind of his own, he, he's kind of a an edge case for the norm. But I imagine they are not in charge of their own Twitter accounts. So, no, probably not. No. So even yeah. even that, that probably wouldn't have gotten to her. And I don't think she's even lucid yeah. half the time to be able to understand how to tweet in the first place. So, yeah, exactly. Anyway, I, I want to throw in here, this is, this is going to sound harsh, but I'm going to throw this in here anyway. Um, uh, Paul Pelosi is 82. There, 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 there comes a point where, Grandpa, I'm sorry, we're going to have to take the keys away from you. And after a DUI... At 82. Grandpa, at 82. 82 years uh, old. Don't you think it's time to stop drinking there, Grandpa? Don't you think yeah. it's time to put the, put the, uh, put the cough syrup down there? Yeah. It, it, it's, um, I, I think at this point, it's time. You, you, you just need to get yourself an Uber or uh, those millions of dollars that you've made in um, uh, insider trading. Um, maybe you should spend some of that and, and have a chauffeur or something. 
So I said, I'm, I'm surprised that there was no driver, to be fair. I mean, to be completely fair, these people have got more money than God. Why, why do they not have drivers? I, I'm just curious. As noted by having a brand new 2021 Porsche, when the rest of America can't afford gas, let alone a new vehicle, the average vehicle for the American people is something like 10 years old. Yeah. And, and he has a brand new Porsche. 10 years old and $10,000 or more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's got a brand new Porsche. When just to get a, a family-sized vehicle nowadays is something like $160,000. And he's got, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, because, of, because you mentioned that, I suppose we should keep up with the ridiculousness, shouldn't we? I think it's only fair, right? We should just continue on with, with being ridiculous. Well, you heard about Tedros being unanimously reelected as the head of the WHO. You heard about that, right? Yes. Yeah, because he's done such a bang up job uh, during COVID and everything, and he's going to be he's going to be amazing going forward. So he's going to get another five year term. But this this is even better. China, because they've had a, a great handling of uh, of the pandemic, not to mention that's where it came from. They've had a, an amazing track record of being able to handle things. They were elected to the World Health Organization executive board on Friday even though they gave false information to the WHO during the Wuhan outbreak, and they obstructed investigations into the origin of what happened at Wuhan. And they persecuted Chinese doctors like Dr. Li, who tried to raise early warnings about what was going on. And they threw him in jail and made him sign a confession and apologize publicly to people for inciting fear. Uh, that, that kind of stuff. They have been elected to the WHO's executive board. And hang on a minute, we're supposed to sign on unilaterally around the world to some WHO treaty which surrenders our national sovereignty? What did I say last week? I said, the only thing you're going to be surrendering to is Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, and the Chinese Communist Party. That's all you're going to be seceding your power to. That's it. And here it is. This is it. UN Watch Executive Director uh, Hillel Neuer was astounded and horrified that China could take an executive seat with the United Nations Health Agency, with no apparent objections from member nations in the free world. Did you hear what I just said? No one objected. No one. There wasn't a single voice of dissent from any of our nations. Not one. That should be the tell. That's the that's your buried lead right there. Uh, I'm 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 uh, honestly the whole thing is just I, I I feel like we're living in a parody. Like, is, is this like a parody of reality? Because like th this stuff is so bizarre and illogical that it, surely this can't be real. Surely this cannot be. Uh, uh, we're, we're inside of a simulation, right? This is this is all the metaverse, right? And this is just like some scenario somebody's programmed and we're, we're or maybe maybe we're, we're, we're tests and, and test subjects inside of like a an alien rat maze or something like because this is so bizarre. How is this reality? Oh, it gets better. <laughs> if you think if you think that's crazy, wait till you hear this. Okay, so this week Neuer goes on, right? He he goes on to to talk about some more of the absurdities. This is supposed to be the week of the UN and the WHO treaty, right? This is supposed to be the thing that that they sell you with with Bill Gates comes out and he sells you about the um, uh, the pandemic response team and all that stuff. Listen to this. The past week is not exactly this is uh, as Neuer continued on. He says this past week has not exactly been a triumph for the United Nations. In addition to China's ascension to the WHO executive board, terrorism supporting countries forced the WHO World Health Assembly to condemn Israel as a unique health risk. Uh-huh. Isn't that supposed to be that the most vaccinated country on the planet 
outside of like Gibraltar, which I mean, that's not really a country. That's a territory of the British. But is that supposed to be the most vaccinated country in the world? And they've had the biggest problems and the highest death rates. Yeah, thought so. Also, during this past week, you're going to love this one. The nuclear rogue state North Korea outrageously became the chair of the United Nations Conference on Disarmament and United Nations Health Rights Commissioner Michelle Bachelet gave Beijing a propaganda coup by failing to investigate or condemn the Uyghur genocide during her visit to occupied East Turk um, East Turkestan, the region China refers to as Xinjiang, which is where the Uyghurs are being held in forced labor camps where organ harvesting is happening, which doesn't exist, by the way. It's, 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 it's all taken out of context. So I, I suppose let's just start with the top there. So um, Israel as a unique health risk. Okay, we've talked about that most vaccinated country on the planet. All right, it's a unique health risk. Wait a minute, it's supposed to be the most protected, but yet it's not. Also, North Korea became the chair of the UN Conference on Disarmament? What, what were you just saying about a topsy-turvy world? Are, are we living yeah. in some kind of a, of a of loony land or something? Yeah. Or, or for those that are familiar with uh, the classic DC universe stuff, uh, Bizarro World. Um, that's what we're living in. This is this is like Bizarro World. It it, it is so backwards. Like we're we're supposed to trust our elite, right? That that that's what the elite are trying to do. They're trying to get us to trust them. But at every turn, they're doing stuff that completely obliterates any trust that we have in them. Why should we trust the WHO now? Why should we trust anything to do with the UN now? I, I didn't trust either of those organiz organizations to begin with, but the average person kind of had a, a somewhat of a trust for them. I mean, look at the, the Northeast here in the US as an example. They, they pretty much have a flowery opinion of the UN, um, maybe because the UN is uh, headquartered in New York. They, they, they have a, you know, maybe. Uh, those those people, the United Nations, I'm sorry to interject, the, the United Nations, they are hated everywhere west of the Hudson. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know what to say to it. I mean, at, at this point, like, I, I, it's just, it's just clarifying. It, it, it's, um, restating my point of how you can't trust any of them. Like, it's just reaffirming that I, I made that decision years ago before I was politically aware the UN, like they were always viewed as in a negative light, uh, around here and time and time again, it's proven. Yeah. That, that, that was a correct assumption. So uh, why we continue, I can understand because of the position we have in there. It's kind of like, a, you know, um, if America were not so crazy, I could say um, uh, we, we would be a, a stabilizing force there, if you will, uh, keeping things from going too crazy, uh, a restrainer, if you if you prefer. Um, but America has become so crazy themselves um, at this point, the elite anyway. Well, and the Karens. I would say the Karens are going pretty nuts too. And uh, at this point, my definition of Karen is white suburban mom. That 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 pretty much is Karen uh, at at this point. Um, otherwise, the, the 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 rest of the country tends to have their head on their shoulders. Uh, it, even even many of the left. So I I don't know who's um, supporting these anymore. At least around here, uh, no, nobody supports this. And this is this you, you go and talk to the average person and say, hey, uh, WHO, they, they, they approved China to be a part of their executive board. Um, they would have a problem with that. They'd be like, you mean the, the same China that the virus originated from, you know, the, the, the bat or pangolin stew or sandwich or whatever, because some still believe that narrative. Um, yeah, that that same one. 
spot of good news, though, although it's not good news if you really think about it, um, that WHO treaty that we were all due to sign on to, it was refused by a multitude of African nations. Wasn't refused by any of our sellout politicians, wasn't refused by any of them, but it was refused by a lot of African nations, most notably these other nations outside of Africa. Listen to this list. Now, these are countries that said not only along with the African countries, which, by the way, China's been the process of colonizing African nations, so they're going to do what China tells them to do. So see if you can pick out a pattern here by these countries I'm about to mention. Now, what do these countries have in common? All of these countries have an alliance with each other in one way or another, whether that's economics, financial, or, or trade, whatever. They have an alliance with each other, or militarily or whatever in the case of, uh, of a couple of them. But they have an alliance. And more than that, they have a vested interest in shifting power in the world. So remember what the Great Reset is all about. It's about shifting power away, breaking that that connection with world domination of Western civilization, which has actually been the most free and the most prosperous and uh, and the most uh, beneficial to mankind as opposed to any of the others. But now, see, because we're self-hating, we're going to destroy that. We'll get to Klaus Schwab and his kind here in just a minute. But listen to these nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Iran, Malaysia. All of those countries have an alliance, do they not? They all have an agreement with each other, at least in one way or another. Now, they said that not only would they not sign on to the treaty, but if the treaty were implemented, then they would leave the World Health Organization altogether. And what would that do? That would leave it as just a ridiculous, uh, nonsensical organization, which it already is, that would be run by Western interests. This was always my argument about the United Nations to begin with. Why did they put it in New York? Did you ever stop to think about that? Why did they put it in New York? Well, it's very simple. At the end of the Second World War, they put it in New York because if that's the case, I mean, we defeated Nazi Germany. We defeated the Japanese. We literally had the world at our feet, did we not? Everybody was following our lead after that. Wait a minute. All right. You knocked out, you knocked out all the big guys. Of course, we didn't take care of the, uh, the Russians, which we should have at the time, which that you can get into the whole General Patton thing. That's another story. But why did they put it in New York? They put it in New York because that's the place where people would take it seriously. If you put it in some African nation, who in the hell is going to take that seriously? If you put it in France, for God's sake, who's going to take that seriously? No disrespect to the British. You put it in England, who was going to take it seriously? Might have had a little bit more clout than the French. You couldn't have put it anywhere else. So it was a long-term goal for them. These people don't think in three and five-year plans. They think in 30, 40, 50, and 100-year plans. That's how they think. They plant the seeds of these trees that they're never going to be able to watch bloom. That's how insane these people are. So if you go based on that, if you go based on those countries that have an agreement in one way or another to reshape the way that the world is run by a power axis, what's the Great Reset all about? Oh, it's not going to be... United States at the head of anything anymore. No, 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 that time's over. It's not going to be the West even at the head of anything. Instead, it's going to be an alliance of nations that will share power, right? Uh-huh. And I'm sorry, who, no pun intended, who is going to be at the head of that? Well, there's always going to be a power struggle, right? One thing about Marxist is they will do a deal with you if it benefits them in even the slightest manner, because according to them, they'll just get rid of you later. Mao was instrumental about that. He says, look, we'll do business with anybody. We don't care. We'll just kill him later. Yuri Bezmenov, when he gave that interview, when he was giving that interview to G. Edward Griffin back in the 80s, he said, look, if you do not, he was speaking to the Western capitalists, he says, if you do not stop doing business with these killers, you will make the ropes from which you will hang. Klaus Schwab 
speaking at the World Economic Forum just a few days ago before the conference ended. This was one of his closing statements. Thanks also to the leadership of China in terms of fighting the pandemic, in terms of reinvigorating its economy. We have now a window of opportunity to create this global reset which we all need. This global reset is necessary because we have seen that our policies which we pursued before the coronavirus struck us, that those policies do not create the necessary inclusion of society necessary for harmonious societal development. And they do not create the sustainability of what we are doing. Just think of the global warming, how fast it is developing in the opposite, into the negative direction. So we have a great opportunity at this moment, like we had after World War II, to have in some way a new beginning in our global cooperation, in globalization, in managing our global affairs. I hope that we will not miss this opportunity. You know, every time I hear that guy, I just get I just get more angry because everything that that guy said is not only hypocritical. This piece of garbage is nothing more than an academic bum. His university credentials are impressive. I'm not debating that. I'm not debating that at all. This man has worked 36 months of his entire life. 36 months. He's collected a paycheck. And now all of a sudden, he's going to be at the head of reshaping the world? These people, not only does it show how arrogant people like this are, it also shows their blind stupidity in the same sense, does it not? He was speaking in that particular video clip to China. The Chinese Communist Party must be watching that thinking, boy, look at this absolute fool that we've got. He actually thinks that we're going to go along with this? You're talking about global warming? You think the Chinese Communist Party gives a damn about your global warming? You think they give a damn about your inclusion? You think they care about your global homogenization? They don't. They don't give a damn about any of that. And quite frankly, neither does Schwab. So what do those people really think? Are they the enlightened people of the future that they have this great opportunity? And quite frankly, they've already lost. It's just how badly they're going to lose now and how much they're going to destroy in the process of taking everybody else down. But are they just... Are they stuck? Are, are they stuck? Are, are they are they literally stuck now in, in just their downward spiral where it's nothing now except the depopulation agenda and world government? That's all they care about. They don't care about anything else. It, it's all like it's all gone. They're, they're literally breaking the supply chains. They're shutting off everyone's energy. Like the, the Russians are shutting down all the all the flows to uh, to Denmark and Germany tomorrow. Like it's done. Poland's been shut down. Finland's been shut down. Most of the Eastern Bloc countries. So all of this is now going to come to an end. And they say openly, yes, we're doing this on purpose. There's new videos out now by uh, the WEF telling you to, to eat seaweed uh, to save the planet or something. It's ridiculous. But how do they really see us? I want to play this clip. It's been a few days, so we got a lot of audio to get to. I want to play this clip of Neil Oliver. Everybody knows Neil Oliver that listens to his uh, his monologues on GB News, the Scottish fellow that does uh, the monologues there. And he does a fantastic job at it. The guy's amazing. He's on his program on GB News. He's interviewing a journalist named Sophie Kokoran, and she was one of the journalists that was in Davos 
covering the uh, so-called elites or whatever that were flying in all of their private jets and getting in their their entourage limousine caravans and everything else that were five miles long and everything else, because they're going to plan out the future for you. They're going to plan out the future for your family. That's if they allow you to stick around for it. But her assessment when she was down there, and quite frankly, it's the assessment of pretty much all of us at this point. I, I don't disagree with what the young lady here is about to say, but that's who these people are. And she sums it up very well when she's speaking to uh, Mr. Oliver. I can only really imagine the impact that it had on you in that sense. But when it came to the, the store of your wisdom, I can only really imagine the impact that it had on you in that sense. But when it came to the, the store of your wisdom, what did you come away from it having learned? You know, you were there, you were there covering it as a reporter. What did you come away having understood? Well, the WHO and the WF are a massive attack on democracy. The people in those buildings are unelected bureaucrats. They are unaccountable. They are in a remote location in the Swiss Alps with, you know, a police state. Nobody can go in, a secure zone, an accredited media. And the media that were there, so the media that were accredited to, you know, ask the questions and be in the conferences, also sponsored the events, also have people as part as guests of the event. I mean, it is a gross attack on democracy because normal people like us are a million miles away, but yet these decisions that are made in these conferences are so telling of, of what the future is going to be like. Do, do you subscribe, though, to the belief that the decisions they make there actually matter, or are they selling as a confidence trick? Well, I would say before they did actually matter, but this year was actually quite unusual because there were no G7 leaders there, which I think shows something. And what it shows is that they know, the G7 leaders know, that the people do not like the World Economic Forum and that it's not something that they want to be associated with. And as it should be, because we also went to the, the World Health Assembly in Geneva on the last day, and obviously we've got the pandemic treaty. And for Boris Johnson to to be involved with these things is a massive betrayal of the British people, purely because 17 million people in this country voted for Brexit. And we voted to leave the European Union on the premise that we would rid ourselves of unelected bureaucrats from foreign countries telling us how to lead our country. And that's exactly what the WF and the WHO are. And that is what they do. So if he does sign the treaty and he does engage with these things, then he's not only betraying Brexit, but he's also betraying the British people quite massively. And that goes for every other so-called leader that, I, quite frankly, I don't believe any of them have been elected. They've been selected in place there by those people down there, like Schwab, at the World Economic Forum. None of them were at that conference. Why? Because they didn't want any more attention on that conference than what was already there for. Usually it would be Schwab on the stage talking to, like, a Justin Trudeau or uh, a Merkel or, you know, somebody, or Boris Johnson, or somebody, or, or a Joe Biden. One of these people would be down there talking about that. You didn't see that this year, did you? No. You saw Schwab talking to the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla. You saw Bill Gates sitting on stage with Albert Borla from Pfizer, didn't you? You saw people like Stefani Bensel, the... Uh, uh, the Moderna CEO, he was there. People from Intel, they were there, of course. That's what you saw. You didn't see any of the uh, the usual world po political leaders there. But uh, to her point about the G7 not being there, I think that's irrelevant because governments are going to be made irre irrelevant in the in the future. They're they're not going to be. Um, they're just they're not going to be uh, really ruling your life, if you will. It's going to be the corporations. the The social credit system. Um, at least in the Western world, I don't think will be implemented by the government um, because 
you still have constitutional rights, as an example here in the United States. Um, they can't violate those with a social credit system. It's a violation of your privacy to begin with. So they can't have the government do it. It's got to be the corporations. So the fact that uh, government officials weren't there, uh, that, that's meaningless because it's still the corporations are going to be the problem. Um, as I've said from the beginning, it's, it's the government and businesses getting into bed together. That's the problem. When you separate the two and you quit giving the bonuses, the benefits, the, the subsidies and all of that to businesses from government, uh, and you stop the lobbying from the businesses, then this will kind of self-correct over time. It's not going to be instant, but it's going to take some time. Then the, the businesses are going to have to listen to the consumer and the governments will have to listen to uh, the people again and stop listening to uh, whoever has the biggest uh, wallet. I, I honestly, like I said, social credit's the thing in the future. It's going to be a business. It's going to be, honestly, the, the, world, the world Economic Forum is just there to kind of propose the idea, if you will, to, to guide in the right direction. The businesses are going to be the ones that execute it. Um, I don't think any of the ones that are, that are clamoring to uh, have a new government system, a new uh, globalized uh, economy and, and structure, if they start instituting artificial intelligence to run those organizations, which, by the way, Google supposedly is on the verge of, of creating a, a human AI or, or equal to human AI. That's, um, I, I believe, I'm trying to remember, is it general intelligence? There's, there's three categories. We're in the first category now, which is essentially a search engine. The second category uh, was the equivalent of a human. And then the third category is uh, superhuman. And the third category is believed that if you get an AI to the point that it's equal to a human, within uh, as little as four hours, you could have a, a, a super AI, a super intelligent AI. If it's connected to the internet, that's it's pretty much game over at that point. Um, and... Uh, Fun fun note. There's there's a university, I believe it is, uh, that has done a test, multiple tests, in fact, and seen if people would um, let uh, well let the genie out of the bottle. Um, they they have a, a, a someone playing an AI, so this is a human being, and they are to convince the individual to let them connect to the internet, right? And every time the AI has won. Every time the AI has gotten access to the internet, uh, basically that is to show you that um, if we were to create an AI that is equal to human being, but we have it cordoned off, uh, unable to access the internet uh, for fear that it may become a super AI and kill us all, that there's no human so far that has resisted that temptation. So just throwing that out there. Anyway, to my point about social credit and AI, if they use AI to run social credit, all these elites that are you know, saying they, they want to create this new system and all that, they're going to be done away with. Just as history has shown every time that, you know, a, a, a rebel or, or a, a force comes in and they're, they're the leader of the force and they go in and rebel and take over the government, they're never the ones that run the government. They're always overthrown. Someone else comes to power. It's, it's going to be the same thing with the so, social credit system. They may enact it. Schwab may be the head of, of doing all of this, uh, or at least the face. They're all going to get overthrown. All right, uh, we'll go ahead and call this one uh, done. You got anything else? No, nothing, uh, nothing pressing. Uh, I want to look in, into uh, the whole um, Durham. 
Oh, bunch of things. <laughs> thought you yeah, were going to say monkeypox. Well, we got more cases of monkeypox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we will just yeah, we'll talk about some monkeypox stuff tomorrow. I got some audio on some of that stuff. Uh, I got a uh, I got a, some audio from uh, Doctor Fulmus. You know the guy that's leading the uh, the German legal team against uh, the fight against the uh, the PCR stuff. You know all the lockdowns and everything like that. Got a piece of audio from him. Uh, we can get to that tomorrow. Don't have any time to do it today. So uh, we are going to go ahead and jump out of here. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up? Do you know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.